Chapter eighteen of the Rebel of the School by Mrs. L. T. Mead. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eighteen Susie Hopkins persuades Aunt Church. Mrs. Hopkins said nothing more. Susie saw that she could have her own way, and as soon as dinner was over, without even waiting to help her mother to put the place in order, she started on her walk she felt pleased and self-important the day was a frosty one and the sunset promised to be glorious the road to mrs church's house was flat and long and pleasant to walk on susy had no particular eye for pretty views or she might have pleased herself with the wonderful tints of the sky and the autumnal shades which had not altogether deserted the neighbouring woods susy's thoughts however were occupied with very different matters mother is always grumbling she said to herself and for that matter so is tom as if i demean myself by taking a place the idea of my being a servant why i know i shall do very well in the future i look high i mean to be a lady as good as the best would Miss Kathleen O'Hara take so much notice of me if I was not a very nice, ladylike sort of girl? I am sure no one could look sweeter than I do in my pale blue blouse. Even Tom says so. He said I looked very genteel, and that he'd like his great friend, Walter Amber, to see me. I don't want to have anything to do with Tom's friends. Poor Tom! if mother can apprentice him to somebody that is the most that can be expected but as for me the very lowest position i intend to take in life in the future is that of a teacher i shall probably be a teacher in this very school and get my couple of hundred a year a place indeed poor dear mother doesn't know what she is talking about occupied with her own thoughts the road did not turn out long to susie she reached mrs church's very humble abode between three and four o'clock it was still daylight the little old lady was seated in her window she looked very much surprised when she saw susie and limped to the door and opened it come in susie hopkins she said i suppose your mother has sent me my money if so it is very thoughtful of her if you have brought the money susie you shall have a cup of tea before you start on your homeward walk it is a fine day child and your cheeks look very fresh come in dear come in mrs church hobbled back again into her small sitting-room she got back into her chair and motioned to susie to take one opposite to her if that is the money you have in your hand she said noticing that the child held a small parcel you may give it to me and then go over there and get me that black cash-box i will put the gold and silver in immediately it is never safe to leave money about but i haven't got the money aunt church mother couldn't have saved it in the time mrs church's face became very bleak and decidedly wintry in appearance then what have you come for susan she said you needn't suppose i am going to waste my good tea on you if you haven't brought the money if you think so you are fine and mistaken 
"I don't think so, really, Aunt Church. But perhaps when you know all you will give me a cup of tea, and perhaps you won't be so cross the next time I wear my pale blue blouse. Ah, oh, my dear, I wasn't cross at the end of the time, although I did think it a bit suspicious. Your mother losing nineteen and sixpence of my own money out of her till. You forget that fact, Susan Hopkins. It was my money. And then you ducking yourself out in the most unsuitable garment. I never saw on a little girl of your age and station. It has pleased the Almighty, Susan, to put you in a low walk of life. And in that walk you ought to remain and dress according. Yes, dress according. But, as I said, I was not displeased at the end. That was a very bonny young lady who came into your mother's shop, miles and miles above you, Susan. And how can she demean herself to call you her friend passes my comprehension? You are very rude, Aunt Church, said Susie, but I am not going to be angry with you, for I want you to help us. I have got news for you, and very good news too, but I will only tell it to you on condition. Mrs. Church looked first sceptical, then curious, then keenly desirous. Well, child, she said, maybe you might as well put the kettle on the fire. It takes a good long time to boil. It is a very bobbish little kettle, and it has cranky whims, just as though it were a human. There's a good child, Susan. Take it out and fill it at the tap, and put it on the fire to boil up, while you are telling me the rest of your story. I always liked you very well, Susan, not so much as Tom, but you are quite to my liking, all things considered. No, you never liked me, Aunt Church, said Susie, but I will fill the kettle if you have a fancy, although perhaps I won't be able to stay to have that cup of tea that you seem all of a sudden willing to give me. Mrs. Church said nothing. Susie left the room with the kettle. I could fly out at her thought the old lady but where's the good she's hand and glove with that beautiful miss o'hara and for the sake of the young lady i mustn't get her back up too much so susie put the kettle on to boil and then resumed her place opposite mrs church susan said the old lady while the kettle is boiling you might as well lay the cloth and get out the tea things no no said susie I haven't come here to act servant to you, Aunt Church. You have a very nasty manner, Susan, and whatever the Almighty may mean to do with you in the future, you had best change your tune, or things will go ill with you. Susie sat quite still, apparently indifferent to these remarks. Well, if you won't lay the cloth and won't help your own poor old aunt, you may as well tell me what you came for. Not yet. I will presently. Susie was now thoroughly enjoying herself. Mrs. Church edged her chair a little nearer. Her beardy black eyes seemed to read Susie through and through. Go on, child, speak. Tain't right to keep an old body on tender hooks. I will tell you if you will promise me something. I have brought you a little bag that I made my own self, and you shall have it if you promise me something it is a bag for your knitting you know you said that you were always losing the ball it would keep running under your chair 
and you could never get it without stooping and hurting yourself to be sure i did child and it is thoughtful of you to think of me well but we'll talk of the bag when you have said whatever else you have got at the back of that wise little head of yours i have got news that may mean a great deal to you but before i tell it i want you to give me a promise i want you to let mother off this month's instalment of her debt what cried mrs church turning very pale the money she owes me yes the money she owes you a thief came into the shop and took some of her money and she is very short of money and very worried i will tell you the news if you will forgive mother well said mrs church of all the impertinent bare-faced wicked little girls you beat them all my answer to that susan hopkins is no and you can leave the house for that is the last word you will get thank you aunt church said susie i will leave it it doesn't matter whether you hear the message i have come to give you or not it is from miss kathleen o'hara but that don't matter either what have you to do with a young lady like miss kathleen o'hara she is as unsuitable to be with you as she is to be with me good-bye aunt church good-bye susie got as far as the door when mrs church called her back come here you bad little thing she said sit down on that chair now what do you mean i say i will give you my message if you will forgive mother then i won't i will never hear your message all right i will go said susie i'll tell miss kathleen she will be disappointed so to speak it was about those almshouses but look here child you tell me first and then i'll consider no no said susie i know something better than that you make the promise first faithfully and truly and then i will tell you after this there was a considerable wrangle between the old woman and the young girl but all in good time susie won her desire and mrs church made the required promise now speak she said there's that kittle singing like mad and it will boil over in a minute you shall have a cup of tea and a nice sweet bun with it and what more can a poor old body like myself offer what about miss kathleen o'hara aunt church you can help miss kathleen and she is worthy of being helped she wants you to do something for her me said mrs church and what can a poor body like me do to help her things ought to be the other way round it's she who ought to help me and so she will and she said as much she said she'd do what she could to put you in one of those sweet little almshouses and when miss kathleen says a thing she means it and there's an aunt of hers has come over from ireland and from all accounts she must be a perfect wonder and she's coming too oh aunt church you are in luck you are enough to distract any one child susie i told you the kettle would boil before we were ready for tea take it off and put it on the hob and be careful for goodness sake susie hopkins or you'll scald yourself susie removed the kettle from its position on the glowing bed of coals and then resumed her narrative they're all coming she said and you will have to get them in by hook or crook 
you're enough to deave a body who's coming and where are they coming when do they come they're coming here aunt church a lot of them girls like me big girls and little girls old girls and young girls bad girls and good girls girls who laugh at you and girls who respect you some dress badly and some dress fine they're all coming up to forty of them in number and miss kathleen o'hara is the queen amongst them miss katie o'flynn is coming too and it's to your house there to come and it's to happen to-morrow night really susy of all the impertinent children i do think you beat all forty people coming into this tiny house where we can scarcely turn round with more than two in the house you are talking pure nonsense susy hopkins and i'll break my word if that's all you have to tell it's true enough have you never heard of our society well of course not so i will tell you it is this way aunt church when miss kathleen came to the school she took pity on us foundationers she founded a society and we used to meet in the old quarry just to the left of johnson's field and right good times we had she promised us all sorts of things and it was she who gave me that blouse that you seemed to think i had bought with the money which was taken from mother's till and she gave me this see aunt church if you look you will believe here susy pulled from the neck of her dress a little heart-shaped locket with the device and name of the society on it look for yourself she said mrs church did look she put on her spectacles and read the words the wild irish girls october eighteen blank whatever does this mean she said the wild irish girls it doesn't sound at all a respectable sort of name i am one said susy beginning to skip up and down i am a wild irish girl that you ain't you don't know the meaning of the thing you are nothing but a little underbred cockney thank you aunt church i do feel obliged for your kind opinion of me but now are you going to help miss kathleen or are you not she can't have the girls the wild irish girls i mean any longer at the quarry for it's getting noised abroad in the school and there are those who'd think very little of telling on us and then we might all be expelled for it's contrary to the rules of the governors that there should be anything underhand or anything of that sort in the place so it is this way we have got into trouble we wild irish girls and dear miss kathleen is determined that come what will the society must not suffer and she thinks you could help and if you help in any sort of fashion why she'll take precious good care that you get into one of those little almshouses she said i was to see you to-day and i was to take her back the answer and now will you help or will you not well i never said mrs church when she had uttered these words she sank back in her chair her knitting was forgotten her old face looked pale with anxiety have a cup of tea it will help you to think more than anything said susy and in a brisk and business-like fashion she dived into the cupboard took out the cups and saucers a little box of biscuits a tiny jug of milk a caddy of tea and proceeded to fill the little teapot 
by and by tea was ready and susy brought a cup to the old lady there now she said you see what it means to have a nice little girl like me to wait on you you'd have taken an hour hobbling round all by yourself now what will you do what shall i do said mrs church look around susan hopkins and ask me what i am to do how many of those forty can be squeezed into this room let me think said susy she looked round the room which was really not more than twelve feet square we couldn't get many in here she said four might stand against the wall there and four there and so on but that wouldn't go far when we are forty we must have the back yard what and upset the pig said mrs church oh aunt church you really can't think of brownie at a moment like this they must all congregate in your yard and you shall look on oh you'll enjoy it fine but you ought to have tea for miss o'hara and miss katie o'flynn you really ought think aunt church it is quite worth while when you have an almshouse in view and you know that for all the rest of your life you are to have a house rent free coal and light and six shillings a week it's worth an effort said mrs church it is that but i doubt me now that the thing seems so near whether i shall like the crossing i can't abide finding myself on the salty sea i have that to think over and that is against the scheme susie hopkins and what do a few hours misery signify said susie when you have all of the rest of your life to live in clover that's true that's true said the old lady if you're positive that it won't upset brownie you can lock brownie up i will take charge of the key and have him grunting like anything he won't be heard with forty of them it does sound very insurrectionary and wrong said mrs church but if you are certain she will keep her word if i am sure of anybody it is miss kathleen she looks a good sort and then you know auntie church you can clinch matters by having a nice little tea for her and afterwards if you don't speak up i will i'll tell her you expect to get the almshouses after doing so much as to entertain forty of her guests well look here susie you have thrust yourself into this matter and you must help me out i suppose i must have a tea but it must be a very plain one no it must be a very nice tea oh i'll see to that mother shall send over some things from town a little pink ham cut very thin and new laid eggs and watercress said mrs church i have a real relish for watercress and it's a very long time since i had any you have got your own fowls said susie so they will supply the eggs and for the rest i will manage you are very good indeed auntie and mother will be so pleased kiss me aunt church i must be off or i'll be getting into a terrible scrape End of chapter eighteen